So, uh, fiddly fucking D to you, Sean. Uh, we going, we going up the longest ladder uh, with this grueling episode from TNG season two. Uh, I am co-host Jack Tracy. Uh, with me is a very unhappy co-host, Sean Ferry. <laughs> this was a hate crime against Sean. Um, yes, he bloody was. Yeah, even though, like I give this zero ghost candles, a Miles O'Brien eyebrow raise. Um, he, I can't believe he was in this episode and didn't stop it. Like, it, uh, we can, we can talk about that. Right. Um, and, uh, so, ze- so not only is this zero ghost candles, but, and the most grueling one we have done, the one where I just kept checking, like, is this almost over? Uh, but also this is one that like. It's going to, okay, so up the long ladder for us is now going to be the term of, like, an episode was hard to get through. Like, this episode, we went up the long ladder on this because this mm. this was a, I think it is coined, up the long ladder now means this was a hard watch and hard to finish. Like, the fact that it has overtaken Alamoraine in terms of our, like, well, go-to you know, go to like, oh, well, you know, that's a different one. No, because we discussed this obviously in the last yeah. episode. It was nowhere, that was nowhere near as tough to get through as is. There are, there are ideas in this worth discussing. Mm. Like it is not a completely irredeemable episode, but my goodness. Yeah. Uh, I definitely thought there was much more redeemable about Move Along Home because the episode actually, as we sure. talked about last time, Move Along Home actually works for a little while before it goes off the rails. This is off sure. the rails from the top. So let's um, let's give you a brief summary for those of you who have forgotten this episode, much like I have. The only thing I remembered about it going into was uh, a stereotypical Irish people in the cargo bay, a lady in a midriff, and feet washing. I didn't remember anything about what the plot of this was. Um, my brain actually refused to to store it in my memory. Um, there was, and I'm surprised I have any of it now. Um, <laughs> so forgot the whole cloning thing. Okay, so in this episode, we get a weird. I feel like they were like, "Oh, we do too many captains' logs." So you know, let's do a, a something in the ready room where Picard and Riker figure out the easiest mystery in the world that's solved by Siri um, and Google. So they get some sort of distress call. They figure out it's this um, old Earth ship. And correct me if I'm wrong, but it's, isn't it like, sorry, going through my notes here. Wasn't this like a, these were people who escaped, who like left Earth because they didn't want to be part of like the one world government or something? A little bit, yeah, because they talk about the fact that they left in the 22nd century, which is mm. the Vulcans had already arrived at that mm-hmm. point. Um, warp drive had been ex- uh, invented at that point. This one is one where I think continuity and this episode are not friends because I don't think this works in a post-Star Trek first contact Star Trek. Right. Okay. And so that goes into my judging. So we'll save that there. Um, so... We've got three things going on. We've got, we find out that there was a ship that left Earth because um, uh, Irish be Irishen, and they wanted to be Irish and not be part of the Federation and or one world government or whatever of Earth. They just wanted to go back to their roots. So they packed up their spinning wheels and, and livestock and boarded a ship to find a place to go to. Um, also on the ship were or, or there was a second colony ship, or there was another in, like, a convoy, or they were also on the ship. Um, there was this group of, you know, science people. So to me, and we'll get this in judging, these are, like, progressives and conservatives. Um, mm. So anyway, so you've got science people who also, I guess, didn't want to be part of the Federation slash... One Earth or whatever. So you got people who were like, "Fuck this place." I'm <laughs> who after the Trump election went to Canada. Um, <laughs> that's basically what happened. So they find that they thought they were missed. Basically, the Federation just was like, "Ah, fuck these people. We don't even need to keep track of them." Um, and so they come across some sort of signal, distress signal from forever ago. That oh wait, remember these? Remember these fuckers who didn't want to be part of this? Let's go check them out. So they find out that the the, the Irish ship crashed. And they're on a planet that is about to be destroyed by some sort of something, solar flare, supernova, 
something. Doesn't matter. It's boring. And they beam them all up. Riker beams down. We get a reveal because we don't see Riker on the planet. Beams them up. And there are a whole bunch of, you know, I don't even know what time period this would be. But, like... If you were to, by the look of them, you're looking at 19th century Ireland, not rural Ireland. 19th century Ireland, we beam them up to the cargo bay. Picard is as pissed at this as he is at children running around the ship with snowballs. Uh, um, we see a girl with a chicken. Ugh. And, uh, <laughs> and sorry, I'm having like nightmares. Like the, these images are coming up in my mind as I'm recalling this. So... I don't know. It's weird. They talk to the colonists. There's the bossy Irish lady. There's the drunk dad. Uh, a midriff colonist, which we always got to keep away from Riker. Uh, there's some foot washing shit. It's just, we got to find you a new planet. They're like, neat. <laughs> cool. Like, they're totally fine. <laughs> sure. Let's do, let's do this. Uh, and then, like, uh, does anybody want any women? We got extra ones. Do you, does anyone, does anyone need some women? Yeah. Then, uh, okay, so then there's some reference to like, oh, well, we always wondered what happened to the other ship. The other ship? Uh, or the other colonists. And then they find the other colonists who are, there weren't enough of them because of whatever accident happened or crash landing or whatever. There weren't enough of them so to, to populate a species. So they figured out how to clone themselves. So it's basically the Cylons from the the new battle star where there's like, there's yes. like eight of them and there's a mil, but the, a million of those eight. Um, so, so, okay. So there's a million of them and they have a problem because <laughs> it's okay. There's a movie. I don't know if you know it called multiplicity. It's from the nineties with Michael Keaton. Uh, or I know I've not seen it. I, I remember seeing the cover of it in the video stores, it, and there's just there's like eight of him or things. So it's probably problematic now. It's probably not a good movie, but I remember liking it as a child. It was basically a workaholic dad who um, uh, he he wishes there were more of him. So he like takes part of this like cloning experiment, and he gets another him, and the other him is like a super diligent. The problem is one of the clones is obviously gay. Um, and is like he's being uh, like re- I presume as well. Nineties really stereotypical. He's just a bit sassy. It's actually not like there's no love. He's okay. just a bit sassy. So he's I think he's the he's the and he's the housewife one. So he gets a work one, and then the work one takes over. But then he's like, oh, there's too many chores at home, so he gets a housewife one, and they're all hiding it from his wife, who is Andy McDowell. And um, so there. So anyway, there's a line in that where then they get one. The clones get a clone. So it's a copy of a copy, and he is um, um, mentally um, handicapped. Gotcha. Which is so the pro- like like that idea of taking a screenshot of a screenshot, and eventually the, the quality is supposed to get. And lower there is and lower a line in the movie exactly like that. You know, when you make a copy of a copy, it's not quite as sharp as the original. And there's the guy like huffing glue or something. Anyway, so that's the problem on this planet. Uh, there's a. Cop, they've been copying copies for too long and the genetic shit isn't going to work anymore and they're eventually all going to die out. So what they want is they want um, to take genetic material from the Enterprise crew to help, you know, repopulate the gene, gene pool. Um, Riker is like, fuck no, we do this the old-fashioned way. You got any women? Um, <laughs> uh, and basically they look around the table, they're like, any takers? And I'll be like, nah, we're good. Uh, and they're very casual about the fact, like, yeah, you're all going extinct. Sucks to be you. Do you want us to, like, fix your power generator? <laughs> it's real cold. Like, 100%. Like, yeah. Real cold, real, like, eh. Yeah. You guys creep us out. We're not We're not interested. So they beam down to the planet, obviously. The, the colonists who, like, listen, as creepy as they are, they were all going to die out. And they did what they had to do, you know? It's almost the, bi- the binars from 110. You know, we couldn't risk you saying no. So, like, we just mm-hmm. did what we had to do. There's like a, they're not quite that evil because faced with what they were faced with, they kind of did what they thought they had to do. So anyway, the, they find the clones, uh, Riker and Pulaski put it together very quickly that they were abducted because Jordy reveals that they were missing for a period of time. They go and find the clones, they destroy the clones that are like baking in these clone ovens. And then, um, and then basically someone has a bright idea of like, wait a minute. We got these Irish fucks up here. Why don't we drop them down here? Y'all fuck each other. And then, like, they get a new planet. You get fresh breeding stock, I believe, is a lot. Literally the quote. Is a line. Yeah, literally. 
which fresh breeding stock is the it's like that's one of my top two Pornhub searches. But um, uh, it's fresh breeding stock. Check. <laughs> Um, I believe on a proper podcast we talked about board role play where uh, assimilate by injection. Anyway, uh, it was the first thing we said to each other as I well. I think so. So let's 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 back down the moral indignation. Uh, so anyway, uh, it, it comes to a solution where it's like, y'all, not only that, but like in order to get a proper gene pool, every man gets like three bitches, and all the men are like, fuck yeah, and the women are like, eh, sure. Um, end of episode. Mm. Literally. Like oh, it, it, oh, I'm it, sorry. It, it fades to credit. P.S. Worf gets sick on the bridge and passes out. Turns out he has measles. Pulaski hides it because how embarrassing for a Klingon. And then they do a tea ceremony with absolutely no connection to the rest of the plot. Not even a little passing reference. But the tea ceremony is kind of interesting when it starts because I forgot about it. When it started, I was like, the fuck is Klingons doing with these flowers and this tea thing? Like, the, like this isn't very Klingon. Oh, it's poison. Okay, cool. Um... <laughs> it's poison tea and i actually really liked like pulaski taking the antidote and being like yeah let's do this um that was a yeah. good moment of like humanizing pulaski whom i believe everyone hated nearly as much as wesley crusher who does not appear in this episode i think certainly at the time yeah no you're right he doesn't i think at the time yeah she uh, audiences definitely did not warm to diana Maldara. It's, um, and and i think time has been much kinder to her right um but yes, sorry to no, no, fine. Uh, but apparently, the 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 background is basically she had a horrible time on the show because the rest of the cast was incredibly mean to her. Apparently, uh, because they all missed Gates and they took it out on her. There was there was a little bit of because uh, in the the documentary Chaos on the Bridge, mm. which is just essential viewing for yes, anyone. Watch that; who, it was like, great. Uh, she talks about that. There just there really was. They were this established unit, and one of the criticisms was that they were not as welcoming to her really as they should have been Mm -hmm. not even as much as they could have been but as they should have been and she was also coming from an older style of not only acting but also star trek right Uh, as she says she's talking to william shatner during this interview and she's like well look i was used to working with you bill and i was used to the original series where but i think the difference as well not defending the tng cast but the original series cast were far less we look back now and we see oh sulu and uhura and everything no it was the big three yeah featuring whereas tng pretty much from the off was an ensemble and it can be hard to break that now they should have tried harder i will say that what? and it was it was not her responsibility in any respect that gates was fired right uh, right that's on morris hurley uh but the it's interesting because the credits for tng list it's starring patrick stewart and jonathan frakes and co-starring everyone else yeah i always wonder about that sometimes because you see that a bit jumping all the way right. forward into star trek picard right. Uh, the episode Nepenthe, it's, you know, guest starring Jonathan Frakes, but Marina Sirtis is in the end credits. That's weird. That seems to be like an agent I, negotiating thing. I think I think that's what it is. I think it's to do with negotiation. So I'm well, not sure if we're looking at an early, late 80s version of well, right. that. And in, the, and in all of season two, Diana Muldor is a special guest star. She's not in the credits. Yeah. I, I'll have to fact check this. I don't know if that was by request or not. Mm. Um. Because that suggests to me that yeah. she was only ever going to be a one and done. But I think the reason people hated her is because of the way she was set up to be a foil to Data. And everyone just loved Data. Yes. So, like, fuck this bitch is basically how everyone thought. We love Data. And I do have to say, and we'll get into what we liked and didn't like and our memories of it. Um, this, at this point of season two, Data was Data. I felt like this was like, oh, this is the Data we know. Because Data oh, yeah. was a little, yeah. you know, finding the character. Brent Spiner was finding the character in the beginning. Um, this felt like, oh, this is this is Data. Like he's he has found. Mm. This is the Data we'll know for the rest of the time. And I really liked uh, Pulaski um, in this. I felt, I just felt that she, she really gelled with the cast and had you know interesting things to do. Like I, I liked her in this episode. Um, I agree actually I think she's really good in this I, despite the fact I agree the, the, the whole storyline with Worf has nothing to yeah. do with the rest of the episode I actually really like her scenes with Michael Dorn I think they're a yeah. good I suppose double act if you like in this and down on the planet as well yeah. you know she and Riker seem to bounce off each other really well and she's the one who delivers the coldest line of the episode when they're sitting in the observation yes. lounge and uh, it's just like it's just like 
all right, that's that's a bit. She's just like, right, well, we can continue to not help you, and in fifty years there'll be a planet sitting there ready for colonization because <laughs> everyone will be dead. It's like, Jesus, Catherine. I mean, I ca- oh my god, I, ca- I gotta say, like. Fucking boss bitch. Like, I'm into it. Like, I'm into her. Because Gates McFadden, the Dr. Crusher was, like, a little less that. She was more, like, moral indignation and, like, I'm going to do what's... Like, she lived more by the Hippocratic Oath than she did any Starfleet Prime Directive or anything. And that was what I liked about that character is that she had sort of a, a, a higher allegiance and that was sometimes conflicted with what Captain Picard wanted to do and they were old friends so like I, I just love that dynamic and I kind of like having this doctor being like being just a little like listen this whole Starfleet stuff is cute and like whatever but like fuck y'all like I, I kind of I kind of like I kind of like having a character that's a bit like that it's almost a bit Ensign Row. Do you know what? I get that. Um, like, Ensign Rowe, who is one of my honest-to-God favorite characters Absolutely. in The Next Generation, they take it to nearly the extreme with her. They still obviously take it further when they get the opportunity, Kieran Reese with Ensign Rowe being the blueprint for Kieran Reese. They take it really to the extreme with, ha your Federation is cute. Anyway, here's my phaser. Um, <laughs> but with Pulaski, I kind of get the feeling in this, she's just like, ain't none of y'all in this room my boss. Right, like right. not the captain, not anybody else in the room, um, and when I say no, it's no, and when I say yes, it's yes. And I like it, but I say that with the full authority of exactly with you know Starfleet's medical corps behind me. And I like it. I like having at least one character like that on the ship, so yes. that there's someone gives Picard a little shit. So I, I kind of like that. So let's transition into so Sean. What things did you? What memories do you have about watching this um, or first discovering it, if any? Um, uh, what did you like and dislike about the episode? And of course, would you like to make a statement on behalf of um, Ireland? So uh, yeah, I feel that you and I will have had different first experiences with this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Long Ladder Law was sworn into the Irish Constitution <laughs> around the time that this episode was released. Uh, I have broken that law by watching it now. Uh, it's just, it's, you know, at the time, I, I would have been only a nipper watching this. Mm-hmm. So I probably w- would more remember, like, my dad's reaction, just kind of rolling eyes and going, oh, here we go. Of course they've got chickens. Of course they're all, you know, it's like diddly idle shite. And, you know, kind of the next thing you see is someone's going to throw a spot at somebody else, you know, and that and to be honest, that was the impression I had of this episode for years. <laughs> I do remember catching it on rewatches and then when things like the Star Trek Fact Files are coming out, reading the episode breakdown and going, this episode is shite. <laughs> like, this is just this is crap. It's offensive and it's lazy <laughs> now, but. I'm I know that in my head I'm retroactively mm-hmm. assigning that feeling to younger Sean because I wouldn't have thought it was lazy at the time I would have just been like why are they doing this yeah. this is this is rubbish like, it is literally one um, step away from they always after me lucky charms like it is on absolutely. that fucking level it is and it's it's poorly executed um, it is the code of honor uh, of season two I, 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 I always hesitate to compare anything. Well, sure, because I, yeah, let's, let's be clear, is, that, that one is, is exceedingly racist. Uh, so, yeah, sorry. Uh, like, I'm yeah, speaking loosely. Yeah. Please don't cancel me. Um, like, you know, kind of like, so, as, as I said, as your new solo host of Star Trek Generations, <laughs> my feeling on this is, um, so, right, here's the thing. Now, I watched this episode, obviously, today in preparation for this, and I'd actually, full disclosure, I'd watched it a couple of months ago as well for another thing, and I don't hate it the way I used to because I can see that there are ideas in this episode that are actually not bad. It's the execution Mm. and the way they chose to portray these ideas Mm -hmm. is the biggest sticking point. So... Uh, my my statement on behalf of the Irish is Star Trek do better, and and they did they slipped again. <clears throat> Star Trek Voyager, I'm looking at you, but uh, Fairhaven and Spirit Folk. Oh uh, yeah, there you go. But again, don't hate them the way that a lot of other Irish. I I tend to see Fairhaven and Spirit Folk as a little less offensive than I see up the long ladder. Right. 
which I'm sure if we get to those episodes, I'll, I'll, I'll discuss that. Um, you were asking, I think earlier when you were asking about uh, Colomini, uh, who <laughs> is in this episode, uh-huh. and, you know, kind of, uh, some people have made the joke, Asher, ah, sure, could Colomini not have said, would you not bother doing that? Absolutely not. Colomini was a day player. Right. Uh, at this point in Star Trek's history, he was lucky to be on screen at all. Uh, he had a career, don't get me wrong. Like, he wasn't a nobody, but he was very much, you know, kind of... Yeah. He wasn't in the also starring, he was in the featuring credits. Right. Um, and I think they included him here as an example of Irishness that was not twee. Um, but it was really... it was We were looking at season four before O'Brien started to get properly fleshed out uh, with episodes like The Wounded and even Data's Day, which are, funnily enough, back-to-back. Mm-hmm. Um... But I remember now if we get to it, there is an episode of DS9's first season where they were going to do a, a very stereotypical Irish story. And at that point, he said, over my Right, we body. talked about that, I think, on a previous episode where um, the Rumpelstiltskin in uh, If Wishes Were Horses exactly. was supposed to be uh, a leprechaun. Supposed to be a leprechaun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so by that stage, yes, he absolutely had the clout to be like, yeah, yeah that's not happening. Happen. Um so, so what do I like about this? Um, I, I like that some, some of the conversations between the Bring Lloydy and Starfleet are not as bad as the others. Um, your man Odell is an absolutely stereotypical caricature of an Irish father, um, and, but for. So help me, I actually like the scene by the replicator with him and Worf. I just think it's gas. Because it's just two lads drinking together. I actually think that's funny. Okay. Um, and I'm not going to defend it. Mm. And if there, if there are other Irish people out there who don't like it, that's absolutely fair. Uh, I thought it was... I thought that was more good natured than perhaps it came across. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of the characterization of his daughter whose name escapes me at the moment let's um, say fiona i bet i bet it's fiona sure um she is very inconsistent in how good slash stereotypical she is also also um, her whole character is a better potential flirtation love interest for picard she's a picard type of woman a bit a bit actually because she is definitely presented as the boss you know and this is something that i suppose would have been more or less true ish to irish history of the 18 of the 1800s now obviously not the 1980s would that would be that you know kind of well he might be useless but the man is still in charge mm-hmm. you know so then father odell is still you know sorry it's still his name on the piece of paper whereas very much she is the one running everything and she's keeping the people washed and fed and but there, there's this absolute and utter, you know, kind of, we will never, ever, ever accept technology. We will never, ever accept technology to the point of willful ignorance. And that's, again, where the episode falls, because you can have a version of this where, no, we know what technology is. We just choose not to right. use it. Um, and I think that would have been a much better direction to go. They didn't. We'll come to that when I'm, when right. I'm judging. Um, and then, so over on the Mariposi, um I totally buy their desperation. By the way, like what they do to Pulaski and Riker, I totally understand yeah. their drive behind that. Um, and I think and at the same time, I also understand Riker and Pulaski going, um, we said no. Right. Like, no. Um, then Melinda Snodgrass, who wrote this, she said that there was this very unexpected fallout yes. from particularly this scene. Yeah, I think, yeah, you know exactly. I have it in my notes right here, like, just in case you didn't bring it up. Yeah. Absolutely. It became this argument over right to life versus pro-choice, which she was like, I, this was not the direction I planned to take this in. You know, basically Riker walks in and vaporizes the clones that have been made against his will. Now, you know, two steps of separation. Is this a fetus in the womb that he is choosing to terminate? Mm -hmm. Boom. Snodgrass and Paramount Picture starts to get a lot of letters going. So hang on, are you coming down on pro-choice? Are you all anti-abortion? Oh my God, right to life, right to life, right to life. And she's just like, but do you not see that they, they were, it was forced against their will? Well, right, but remember, we've got, we've got 
states now trying to pass laws where basically there's no exception for rape or incest. So where you cannot get an abortion even if you were raped and you had it against your will. So these are people who probably believe that. Well, yeah, it was. It sucks that that happened to you, but um, whatever. Um, which is, or should there still those people who say, well, it, you know, a woman's body will just shut it down. Oh, if, that know, guy, if, if, if they want. Oh, the, the, the body has oh. a way of shutting it down. I think I think a woman's body had a way of shutting down that guy. Um, but uh, <laughs> which is probably why it's such a dick. But uh, yeah, I forgot about that. Oof, oof, oof. Um, oof. The other reactions to this episode, just while I have it up here, just real quick. Ronald D. Moore called it embarrassing, terrible beyond terrible. While Rick Colby said it was a lot of fun. Um, we didn't want to, I didn't have to sit there and tell people to pull it back. I wanted a contrast between our buttoned up guys and the Irish in that episode who were going bananas. I was actually, funny enough, you're saying Rick Colby there. So when I was, I was watching the credits came up, it says directed by Rick Colby. I'm just like, this is the guy who directed all good things. But didn't we run into this? Like, we ran into this with um, the director of Generations and whatever who did it. Yes, a, exactly. David Carson. Who did Move yeah, Along Home. he did home. Move Along Home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and he did Yesterday's Enterprise. He did Emissary. But so these it, guys don't have any control well, over the script. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, I I mean, okay, so the bad, well, I've sort of, I've, I've alluded to slash covered the bad. The, the characterization is just, they went for caricature where they could have gone for, they talk about data is the one who talks about, I think it's John Deegan is their, yeah, sort of their commune leader who sends them off on the ship back in the 22nd century. You know, talk about embracing nature, you know, going back to basics and everything. That's fine. Star Trek has done that in the past, The Way to Eden, which is also a much maligned episode. But the idea- Or the DS9 one offensive. where Cisco's put in that box. That's a great episode. That is actually... Oh, I forgot about that one, Paradise. That's yeah. a great fucking episode. Um, that, that like, freaked me out watching it. That, like, I had a visceral reaction of, like, that one got me. I liked that one. Yeah, that was... That was hard. You're right. You're, you're dead right. That is a horrible... Ooh, I'm going to rewatch mm-hmm. that episode. I've not seen that in mm-hmm. years. Um, and so, yeah, the idea behind the Bring Lloydie, I actually don't mind that yeah. at all. I, th- I think, yep, that's grand. That's cool. And it's also... And straight away, it's going to be so strange in a Star Trek setting where we're on the 24th mm-hmm. century, we're on the Enterprise... You know, kind of like you can't light a fire on board the ship without the automatic suppressant starting off. All of that, I lo- and I, I do love that culture clash. It's that they went for caricature, yeah. and that is like, guys, do better. I, Just do. I better. wish we could have seen um, that in action. Like we had a, spe- they had the special yeah. effects to do it because that would have been cool. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or even like you know, and actually, remaster Trek. I'm looking at you, but I suppose if the scene isn't there to begin with, you can't remaster. But I'm just like, come on, you would have got away with right. that. Um, and then the actual, the Mariposi as well, I like the, it's actually quite a short part of the episode. We're talking, it's, it's really, really short, their story, where the, the gradual reveal of twins, triplets, mm-hmm. quadruplets. I kind of like mm-hmm. that. Now, obviously then, we're on a planet of clones, aren't we? Um, and I do like that slow reveal. Um, the Mariposi story is stronger than the Bring Lloydie story. But the Bring Lloydie story gets more exposure because... There, it's more jarring visually and tonally because there's more of a contrast between Picard and his crew versus the Odell's, you know, you've got hay on the cargo bay uh, versus these pristine steamed uh, uniforms. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, the Mariposa, at least they're relatively technologically advanced. Mm-hmm. Um, um, yeah. what, what, what about you? Sorry, so I, I've, I've monologued. What, what, what about well, you? So what do you like slash don't like from right. this well, we're We're running a bit long, so I'll keep it brief um, uh, so we can get to our zhuzhing. But um, mm. it's, I, I don't remember, I think I probably watched this in reruns because I, I found Star Trek, I think, in season three and then had to go back. And I remember having to like ask my mom, like, who's this blonde lady? And like, oh, that's Tasha Yar. She died in the first season. Like, I, I, had, I started at three and oh, had yeah. to catch up. Uh, and like, where's Gates McFadden? Where's Dr. Crusher, my favorite character? Where is she in these episodes? Who's this woman? So I probably caught it on a rewa- on a uh, on a rerun on like Fox, because um, they they played they played like two back to back in like at like five o'clock and six o'clock in in the evening. Gotcha. So I probably caught it on a rewatch. I probably recorded it because I used to put VHS tapes and record every episode, uh, and then try to get you know figure out what order they were in. Um, I probably never rewatched it again or did like if I was homesick and just was going through tapes from school, maybe, 
don't didn't remember anything about it. Um, we talked about I, I, so the Pulaski Wharf thing is great. Data is data. Um, missed opportunity with Jordy. I feel like it was only implied that they wouldn't want to clone him because he had a genetic defect. Mm-hmm. I think that should have been wait till my judging. Um, I'm, and let me say, they would have thought he had a genetic defect. Let me say that. Um, oh, um, yeah. Um, um, I liked the, the clone thing was creepy. I liked the, the, the fact that they, I do like the fact that they killed those clones and got rid of it. Um, um, yeah. I liked the actress and what she had to do, the uh, midriff, midriff yeah. colonist lady. Uh, but... Her suddenly coming on to Riker felt weird. Um, I would have liked if she had no interest in Riker um, and just sort of batted him off the whole time because she's busy and she's got shit to do. Um, yeah, that's a Troy's useless in this episode. Pulaski was great. I think she gets like one or two lines. Right, Wesley's yeah. not here. Um, right. Brenna Odell, I just... Because I, I felt bad Brenna. calling her like girl with midriff. Brenna Odell. Yeah. yeah. Um. So... Yeah, and you, you really hit all the points, and uh, I have a lot. So just looking at my notes, because I capitalize things, I've got ew a couple times, I've got oof a couple times, I've got um, fiddly d a couple times, um, why are we drinking tea, the reveal is dumb. Oh yeah, I gotta talk about that. The entire investigation in the beginning between Picard and Riker, and I mentioned it earlier, is so stupid. Like, like, number one, come in here. Listen to this. What do you think it is? Do you know what this is, buddy? Oh, well, let's ask the computer. Ha ha. Like, ew. Like, Riker's, like, I I wish Riker would have been like, fuck you. I'm 35. Like, talk to me like a fucking adult. Like, or whatever. He was probably 30 or one. Like, like, Picard was being a real pretentious dick. Uh, Like, putting him through this sort of, I don't know. I just, I hated it. I hated it. Make this a fucking captain's log. You know, you found a distress signal. It's the uh, distress signal. It's this. We're on the way. We're doing the observation lounge. But this whole, I I felt like they were just trying to find another way to do this kind of scene. And thank God they never really did it again. This was cringe. Hated that. Um, All right. So there's a ton to zhuzh. I'm really looking forward to how, um, how you responded to this. Oh, and also, isn't it funny that this episode was allowed to play, but they, but I believe Ireland would not allow uh, High Ground? Oh, that's a whole other And it's one of my favorite episodes, and we'll talk about that some other day. But, um, uh, all right, uh, let's uh, take a little break, um, collect our notes, and come back for some zhuzhing. Hi, gay. Do you like Star Trek? Do you like gay? Well, then you might want to join the Star Trek Zhuzhurations fan community over at patreon.com slash Star Trek Zhuzh. Z-H-U-Z-H. Why would you want to do that? Well, one, you think that Sean and or I are pretty, and you would like to lift us out of abject poverty. Or because you really like this podcast and you want to help support it and keep it afloat by allowing us to afford the administrative expenses of doing it. Or... You just want some exclusive content. So what's exclusive content on the Star Trek Jujurations Patreon? That is your ability to get the episode before anyone else. You can also see the video recording of us doing the episode where we wear our Starfleet uniforms, me, my single Next Generation Command uniform, and Sean rotating through his collection of probably about 359 different uniforms which is currently the number of uniforms on screen between Star Trek Discovery, Star Trek Strange New Worlds, and Star Trek Picard, because apparently uniforms are custom to your design now. You can also have direct interaction with us with Ask Me Anythings that will hold, a weekly live event where we will be watching the episode that we are going to review, and even your ability to participate by helping us choose the next episodes on the podcast. So if you like gay, and you like Star Trek, and you like supporting independent creators and writers who are trying to do their thing, head on over to patreon.com slash StarTrekZhuzh, Z-H-U-Z-H, and find a membership tier that works for you. In fact, I'm going to throw in a sweetener. If you sign up for our biggest tier, the most exclusive tier, which is our commander tier, for three months, I will give you a fourth month for free if and only if you direct message me on Patreon and tell me what this is. Do, do, do. 
do 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 see you on the patreon all right set phasers to judge because here we're going up the longest fucking ladder um um all right so here are the things that i'm keeping consistent about the episode okay I'm keeping the backstory about um, um, where these co- where these colonists come from, but I'm I'm making it firm that they left, let's say Enterprise era. Mm-hmm. That's when they left when the Vulcan when it was all kind of coming together by by these are the voyages coalition or shortly thereafter they're out. So that's where I'm placing it. So they probably have like a warp five ship at best. Um, like that's what they're doing. So th- I'm I'm keeping that. Okay. I'm keeping that there's a group of science, pr- and, and I'm making this more about progressives and like back to basics conservatives, people who are very, and maybe maybe you could even have it that the the science people because cloning we don't clone, we don't in, in genetically enhance, and we don't clone. We know that from Deep Space Nine. We know that from Khan. Um, that they were like. No, we want to do that. Like, we think this is interesting. We don't like that we're being held back. We don't like uh, this one world government. We don't like this federation thing. We don't want to be held by these rules. We're going to go pursue science stuff however we fucking see fit. Almost like the augment kind of shit from from Enterprise. Gotcha. Almost. Cool. So I'm keeping that and making that, you know, just clarifying and solidifying that a bit more. Um Keeping the back to basics. And you know what? You want to keep them that, that they're basically, they want to get back to basics in a very Irish way? Fine. Fine. We'll, we'll keep that. We just won't make them super stereotypical. But we'll give them sort of an Irish culture is sort of where they're coming from. Um, um, we've got... Uh, I, the, the, the tea ceremony's gone because it just doesn't fit with the episode, as cute as it was. It's just, it has nothing to do with anything. Uh, so that's gone. But I'm keeping also... You know, the fact that the ship broke down, the, the basic, that the ship broke down, that you got a colony. I'm putting it on the same planet. Mm-hmm. As in both colonies. That you had, both colonies are on the same planet. Okay, yeah. So almost giving you, and I mention this episode every time because it's one of my favorite episodes, but giving you a Kesprit attached kind of thing. Gotcha. Yep. All right. Um, um, other things I'm keeping before I really get into it. I'm keeping the whole steel genetic material, discover it, um, fuck them clones, uh, Keeping all of that. Um, and then no midriff colonists. Uh, maybe she'll be there dressed in. Well, you know what? If she wanted to wear that, let me, let me say. If she if she liked wearing midriff, she thought she looked cute, she's wherever the fuck she wants. But uh, Riker's going to be nowhere near her. He's going to be with the, uh, the Mariposa and other people are going to be uh, with the Irish. Either by um, circumstance or by the fact that everyone on the Enterprise realized, like, sees her and they're like, ah. We keep Riker on the ship. Like, we ain't doing this. All right. Um, Because uh, at this point, Riker's still a walking erection. Yeah. Uh-huh. That really that really went away. Uh, except for the game where he was also horny. Um, okay. So that's what I'm kind of keeping. So with that, okay. So d- d- um, um, is there anything else from the episode that, that you think I should have kept or... Um... Did you keep the tea ceremony? I didn't keep the tea ceremony either. I okay. think we, we talked about this just really, really quickly just before we came on air that the very yeah. next episode, Manhunt, features a coming of age ceremony for Worf. I think added to that story. I think it makes much more sense. Sure. Uh, so not so yeah. for, for clarity, we haven't deleted it from Star Trek history. We've just moved it. Mm-mm. Moved it. And we talked about before before we started recording that, you know, this was still in the era, era of... Uh, writer and fan script submissions where they buy it and take pieces of it and yada yada and i fully think this was probably i suspect that the tea ceremony piece was a piece of an episode that they bought and liked mm. and they just had to find a place to put it and they put it in the wrong one probably because they need to fill time because the episode was terrible okay so here's what we got going on the enterprise we start off in a captain's log and an observation lounge uh, where the Enterprise is dispatched to a colony in need of a science medical team. It is the descendants, and we get this in the observation lounge and a discussion about them. They already know who they are. No Riker. Can you figure out what this code is, buddy? None of that. 
Um, the Enterprise is on its way. They, they've they never heard from these people again because they wanted nothing to do. We can even know that the Federation has reached out a couple times and they basically gave them the finger. And now they have actually proactively reached out for help because they have a science problem they can't solve. And because it's, you know, this genetic drift thing and it's a diet. So we're starting with the Mariposa. Hmm. Um that because it's a it's situation, they begrudgingly reach out for help because they are at the end of their fucking rope. So the Enterprise is in the area. The Enterprise is dispatched. Pulaski's already doing the research. She doesn't think there's any solution to this, but she's trying her best. And um, they're headed there, and they have a discussion in the observation lounge about, you know, these colony ships that, you know, that not everyone was happy with the formation of the Federation, that, you know, there were people who very much didn't want, you know, humanity to commingle with alien species. There were people who didn't like the advancements in technology that the Vulcan, you know, relationship was bringing. And basically, you know, they were a minority and they decided to to go on their own way. And I want Data to have a very Data story here where he doesn't quite understand this. You know, don't we see, haven't we learned, you know, the Federation has grown into this. This is still just a single, you know, colony, you know, world um, which and they don't know about the cloning yet. They don't know about it. Oh no, they do. They have to because of the no, they don't because they it hasn't been revealed. There's a medical problem, and that's they're being dispatched. So it hasn't been revealed. We don't know the cloning thing. But Data's going to have a journey and and some conversations with maybe Picard and Riker about like, you know, there are there's always a segment. You know, there's always a segment of society that um, you know this sort of like pure. We're going to have a talk about sort of like purity culture. Okay, you yeah. know where you're not mixing bloodlines and and then um, uh, that sort of stuff. And though you know we we don't and and getting that from two different ways from the people who are like super science people who felt that way, sort of a eugenics kind of way, and then the people who like back to basics. We just want to live on a farm, go fuck your, yourselves, kind of way. So that there's all sorts of flavors of this, um, but that we have to respect other people, you know, how they want to live their lives, and and you know, as long as they aren't hurting other people, like let them live their lives, mm. um, sort of thing. You know, with data, not sort of understanding, and then um, yeah, so data is going to have this sort of journey. Uh, and learning about sort of this and then something about like uh, – and also never never underestimate the the stubbornness of humanity, you know, kind of cute thing that maybe Picard will say. Um, we're also going to get the sense – so before we even learn about the other colony, the, the Irish colony, the back-to-basics colony, um, we're going to get the sense that like there's a little bit there's a little bit of skepticism, but a little bit of admiration for the Mariposa people that like, you know, they went on their own and they've done all these great scientific enhancements. They've done all this like research and, and it's like, yeah, they did it for the wrong reasons, but you know, it's 300 years later. So how many hundred years later, who knows what they became, even if they started from a bad place. Um, mm. And, and maybe, maybe this, you know, is now them coming back home. Maybe they're going to rejoin the Federation, you know, because they've realized that, you know, there's like there's a hopefulness about finding these people and kind of like let's see what they've become and we're gonna bring them home. All right, so when they finally get oh also so in Picard's conversation I bet this wasn't established yet or they didn't have it in the show Bible yet but a good thing Picard could talk about is the relationship between the difference between him and his brother. Okay. Yeah. Okay. As a as a parallel that could be part of the yeah, conversation actually. with Data. Um. Okay. So we arrive, and Data does an analysis of the planet to show that only uh, they were expected, because they don't know anything. They haven't learned. They just know that they need help. So they show up, and only a small amount of the planet has been terraformed, and the rest of it is completely uninhabitable, which see, they find strange. In 300 years, this colony ship, like it's probably like a city or two. Like There's not much. Um, so they find that strange. The rest of it, you know, is and it's important that it's like completely uninhabitable. Um so we get there, Riker goes to the, it's the same thing, Riker goes, they get the clone reveal, he feels strange, Pulaski does, you know, the analysis, re uh, reveals, and probably not immediately, but takes some time with it, reveals that there's nothing they can do, that the problem is this genetic drift, all of that's the same, all of that's the same, um, but I want to bake in some xenophobic racism. These people don't like Geordi, and they don't like Worf. Okay. They don't like okay. Worf. Because we don't like messing with these fucking aliens. You know, humans, this is all about humanity and humans. We're all humans here, right? And we don't, we don't, we feel a little uncomfortable around him. And we don't like 
it's weird for us to see a human who has a, in their view, a genetic defect. So we start to feel like maybe we don't like these people. Um, maybe they're a bit cringe. So, but that develops kind of slowly through interactions. Um, um, we, what else do we get from this? So we learn the history that basically there was an accident. The there was maybe the convoy was attacked or there was explosion something where um, they say that the other ships were destroyed. They crashed. There was only some of them. Again, they only had so much terraforming equipment. They terraformed what they could. They did you know the the cloning. They kept it small. They didn't go through the rest of the planet because they knew they were going to have the genetic drift problem. So they thought they would you know keep it you know a uh, tight community to, to last as long as they possibly could, uh, but they're at the end of the rope and they need help and they can't do anything. Plasky can't help them. Um, they're going to need to either leave the planet and start, you know, melding with another society or they will die out. Mm-hmm. Um, they ask they ask for the genetic uh, donation. Everyone says fucking no. Um, and we will have, so they stay, Pulaski, Riker, uh, Jordy are there. Maybe Worf is like, fuck these fucking people. I don't I don't like these people. I'm coming back up to the planet. So in the meantime, so they ask so what they're doing there because they're not going to you know, do that is that um, their genetic research equipment, there is some additional you know information and data and, and technologies that the Enterprise has that they're willing to at least give them, do some upgrades, help them. So maybe they, maybe they can over time before it all runs out, figure it out. So they're at least going to like – enhance their science abilities to to maybe figure out the problem themselves because they don't want to do the other options. So here's some tech. We wish you all the best since we've offered other things and you've said no. Not a, oh, we're going to have a nice plan in a couple years. Fuck mm. y'all. Um, okay. Meanwhile, Data's detected something disturbing. There's human life in the uninhabitable portion. It seems to be a series of caves. He's astonished that there's any life form out there. They tell the Marip- they tell the Mariposa people, we don't know what you're talking about. We don't know that. Which is going to end up being a lie. So they go down, and what they find are the, what are they called? The, the Brinloidy. The Brinloidy. So the Brinloidy are down there, and basically what happened was, no, they crashed as well. Uh, not only that, and so this is now Picard, Troy, Wharf, maybe? People who are left? Data, data maybe? So they're figuring this out. So they find out that they crashed. A couple of the people with – most of them were the fiddly Ds, And the other ones, there were a couple of people from the Mariposa team in the original who helped them construct sort of like a – some sort of field generator, some sort of thing that they were able to – whatever the bad effects, whatever makes this planet uninhabitable, they basically got a shielded community from it. Okay. They were able to terraform a little bit so that they could have crops uh, and feed their livestock, and they were able to sort of generate this, again, like a parallel, but like a small community and village that is thriving and self-sustaining. Those people integrated into their society. There was enough of them. They don't, you know, they were able to to flourish, Um, and they live the way that they want to live, but their, their technology is failing. And they always knew that, that it wasn't going to last for long. And because they they went to this, you know, they, they did the back to basics, they don't have anybody aboard. They don't have a board. They don't have anybody in the community. Like, there's no way. They know basic upkeep, but they can't make a new one. They can't okay. fix it. It's 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 dying. Okay. Oh, let's pause because I'm, I'm going out. So thoughts about my setup here and then how we interact with these people? Um. I like. I'm. I'm interested to see how it comes back together again because there's nearly a full episode in the Enterprise and the Bring and the Mariposa. So, hmm. um, right. But that's just that. That's the ingredients we've been given to work with here. So yeah, I'm interested right. to see how it all comes together. So we find out. So so they're like, okay, well we'll help you repair this generator. So we're helping with the genetic stuff over here. But the Enterprise is basically saying because they don't want to leave either. They don't want to leave, and we learn. The Mariposa knows about them. About 200 years ago, um, the Mariposa was technology, found them, saw that they were there. Uh, uh, they didn't want them in their community. The community didn't want to deal with them. They were dicks. The Bernaldi didn't. No one wanted to deal with each other and decided to just live their own fucking separate ways. But the fact that the Mariposa people lied that they were there. Mm. They know that the generator's failing and don't want to help because, look, they decided to rough it. So fucking rough it. 
they're and they're huge fucking dicks. So, um, uh, so we get to know that Picard's not happy that he's been lied to, that there are these people out here who need help, and the Mariposa is not gonna, the Mariposa people aren't gonna do anything about it, um, because they're they're snooty about their their way of life, um, and they're gonna die from it, uh, and they're willing to die from it, and basically it all so. So we have the genetic stealing thing. They destroy the clones. All of that stays the same. Um, so basically, it comes down to, look, we gave the solution to your problem is coming together. Just in the way that that Earth came together and then came together with other people. Look what the Federation has built. It is very clear that it is coming together and working together, respecting each other's cultures and respecting each other's way of life, but coming together and working together to solve our problems is the way that you advance and thrive, and it's your separateness and your stubbornness that is keeping both of you, it put put both of you at the, the brink of extinction. So listen, we fixed your generator. Uh... Ironically, this new one is going to last just about as long as the gen genetic drift problem is going to come about. I've given you a communication device. I've given you a communication device. Work it the fuck out. And that's the end. Okay. And so they're they're more or less, they're left to their own devices. By right. And it's very clear that, like, it's not that they're, like, being, that, that Picard's being cold about it. They have refused. They're yeah. not coming up to the Enterprise. They're not going anywhere. They don't want to talk to each other. Almost, again, I reference this episode a lot because I love it, but attach where they're like, you two need to figure this the fuck out before you come to the Federation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you have the answers to your problems, and at some point, things are going to get pretty dire. So um, I have a feeling they're going to, like, figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> it's, so that's it. When, when the choice is that or die, um, there is like, right. hmm, hmm, that's a good, uh, good um, motivator. Right. And we can give Picard a good, you know, a good Picard speech about it. You know, he's got a solid, like, you're fucking stubborn. You're fucking stubborn. Uh, both of you need to see, you know, and your time, you have ticking clocks. So both of y'all, and maybe um, Brenna is, as we always have one, like in the first contact episode, not movie, Brenna is the one in the Brinaldi who's sort of like, maybe we have a parallel. We've got a Brenna who's like, no, we need to work with them. Yeah, we don't like them, and we don't want to live like them, but, like, we need them. Mm. And maybe there's someone in the Mariposa who's like, I would actually, I, I think it would be nice to kind of, like, raise animals and, and do that. That's, you know, that there's people who, like... The start of working together, I see the... the of working together, and who might actually like the other way of life. Someone who maybe wants to be in that community, and someone who maybe wants to be in that community. You know, and that, that, that it's not like the, everyone's a monolith. There's diversity even within their communities about maybe, maybe, eh, I would like to live like that for a little while. That sounds neat. Um, so yeah, that's my, that's my zhuzhing. Okay. I like it. Um, it definitely, definitely makes it a more interesting story for sure. Because um, right. it gives everyone a little bit more impetus. It gives them, there's more of a ticking clock, but also there's more, you know, they have more agency as well. Mm -hmm. Because as, as we've discussed in the episode, the Bring Lloydy just kind of exist. You know, yeah. there's not really any point to them other than that terrible, terrible reading really something. And there's no shock. There's no like, like, oh my God, we're on a starship. Like, they don't. And I actually, you know what? I kind of like that. Of just like, they're like, oh, okay, cool, neat. We don't care. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. I was like, oh, yeah, this is all nice neat. Can we get, right? We got, we got, we got, uh, we got wheat to, to scythe. <laughs> like, we don't care. All right. Just this episode, Sean. Um, Okay, so straight away the the wharf tea ceremony, as we've said, that's that's gone out of mind. Um, mm -hmm. I actually I am gonna keep the uh, distress signal in the beginning, but it's not gonna be traveling through subspace, which is why it's taken them so long to pick up on this distress signal, right? Mm -hmm. So that's why you know it's a bit like rather than have the SOS, we're all idiots. Um, it's just it's no no it's just a much older radio signal that's taken them forever to pick it up. Mm -hmm. Um. We're going to meet, uh, similar to yourself, we're going to meet the clones first. Um, and they are going to be much more desperate when they get there. But it's been a, di it's a different situation. They're aware of the Bring Lloydy, but they're planning to invade. So Ooh. they are on different planets. I, I want it that they are warp capable, 
but they don't have any warp technology at the moment, but they are aware of warp because like that, going back to, funnily enough, there's a lot of a lot of crossovers. If they're 22nd century, then it's post first contact. So they would at least have been aware of warp, even if say, let's say for argument's sake, let's say they had uh, superluminal speeds, like not quite warp, but still faster than, um, than impulse. They get to this planet, they crash, the very similar setup. Um, so they have continued to advance as much as they can technologically, but they don't have the raw materials for warp drive. So they're planning to get to, these are going to be very close, these planets. Like, as in, it is feasible for them to get to the Bringloidy planet, um, but it's just taking them this long to get there. So there is, unfortunately for my plot to work, there does have to be a little bit of a, it's a bit of a coincidence that the Enterprise rocked up at this time. Unfortunately, as it stands, I need to find... So I, as a writer, I accept that I need to come up with a better reason to get the Enterprise there. But, right. So they arrive, yes, in time to see that, you know, these guys are prepping for war. Um, they they engage with the Enterprise. Basically, it's like, what are you doing here? You know, we are in conflict. Uh, they're, but they're all very, very nice about it. There doesn't, there isn't, they're not like, ah, fire at the Enterprise. It's not like that. They have their target. That's what they're planning to do. And then... So the Enterprise is within hailing range of the Bringloidy, and then they are posed, there is, a, there is a question, does the Prime Directive apply? Because they're humans, mm. and because technically, although they don't have warp technology, they are warp capable. So does the Prime Directive apply? Can the Enterprise step in to intervene? Question. Go for it. Did this come up in Ensigns of Command? I think it did. I think it did, yeah, but the Sheliak and... Because in this, I suppose in this situation, they're both human. Whereas in that one, it was the human colony that they just like, well, we're beaming you up because you're dead. Uh, or versus the Sheliak. So it is, it's similar. It's definitely similar in that respect. Okay. The, okay. the difference will be in the ending. So okay. they're going to go... So the Enterprise is, they decide they will warn the Bringloidy what's coming. The Bringloidy are going to be like, we know. Yeah, like we're we're not worried because we're actually in the process of building our own separate colony for them to come and live here on our planet. We know we know what their plan is. We're well aware of it. The Bringloidy are not the fiddle dee leprechaun dancing Irish that you get in the episode. There's much more like, and I said this just before coming on. It's much more like a Star Trek Insurrection Baku Sona situation. They are very very aware. They're already preparing their own peace envoys. They know they've got time. And quite frankly, they're, they're kind of thinking, you know, yes, missiles are bad. We have a way of dealing with that. All we have to do is outlive them. Or hmm. we can invite them to come and stay with us. So that's so basically, insur- insurrection is probably my biggest inspiration for this judging. You're at, yeah, it's a good shout about the instance of command. Like, there again, you've got that ticking to- clock coming down. One side is more on the surface, technologically advanced than the other side. Um, I'm going to keep the commune setting. I'm just going to take away that cluelessness of them. Like it's by choice they've chosen to live with that technology. It's not that, because in the episode as presented, you have a feeling that, Jesus, these people haven't a clue what a lighter is, let alone anything else. Um, Mm -hmm. Whereas in this, no, 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 we know what it is. It's basically, again, basically it's the Baku. We know what it is. We just, to use Anisha's immortal line, where could warp drive take us apart from away from here? Right. So, so yeah, so, so my big things about it are, it's going to be the, does the prime directive apply question? And then like that, always good space for a Picard speech. Um, right. And then the reveal at the end that the bring Lloydy is just like, we know we've been waiting. And quite frankly, we have the welcome wagon waiting to go. Huh. So, wow. so yeah, so that's kind of how I would judge it. So it's not massive. It, it's different to that. It just changes perspectives. It gives everyone a bit more agency. Um, mm-hmm. The desperation of the Mariposi is there has, there has to be a communication issue and there has to be a reason why they bring Lodi no and the Mariposi don't. So that's, I, I admit, I haven't figured that out yet. So there's a couple of issues with my version of like convenient arrival of the Enterprise and why don't they just talk to each other? So right. once I figure those out, I'm pitching this script to Star Trek Picard. Oh no, they've, they've wrapped on that one. Star Trek Discovery. Um, 
And uh, yeah, that's how it goes. So what 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 do you think, first of all? Well, first, uh, before I get to that, let me apologize to our subscribers because Jack forgot to plug in his phone. So now they're getting a headshot of me if they're watching the video because I don't have any video anymore. Um, so apologies to you. So the... the I like it. I, lo- I mean, I like this whole, like, inv- until you said we're making a home for them, hmm. I was like, ooh, hello, Ukraine, Russia. And then you were like, oh, no, we're making a home for them. Like, okay, not Ukraine, Russia. No. Um, but uh, um, I like, remind me again, why are they invading? Um, pretty much the same reason. Breeding stock, they're dying off. These are the closest people. But they also, they know that they're all from the same gene pool. Right. If you like. We can't, right, right, right. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I also think this is a great, ju- I mean, it works also as a judge for, for insurrection. Um, yeah, I love the, pro- I love that you went, I went, the fundamental federation principle was, you know, diversity coming together, teamwork, and your fundamental federation principle was prime directive. Yes. Yeah. So we both tied it to a core Star Trek belief. Uh, a core Star Trek philosophy mm-hmm. and rotated around that, which which really gr- grounds it and makes it a real Star Trek episode in the way that, as written, it is not. Mm. Um, um, and, of course, we didn't do this at the beginning. We always want to say this during the episodes just because, you know, Sean and I are obviously Trek super oh, yeah. fans pulling out all of these references. We love the episodes, even the bad ones. And uh, we know that the writers have a lot of pressure and uh, and studio pressure. And, you know, we, we don't have any of that. So and we have time. Yeah, that's, that's uh, very so we true. We have time. We have time and hindsight. And, you know, we understand that writers, ha- you know, had to come up with 26 ep- hour long episodes. They were getting ready for a writer strike at this point, uh, probably. And, uh, yeah, so no, no disparagement to the writers who probably did the absolute best they could do. Now, Rich Colby saying, Rick Colby saying, oh, this was a really great episode. We had a lot of fun. Is like, that's a bit. I, okay, mm. let's, let, I'm a more Ronald Moore, like, yeah, this was a bad one. <laughs> uh, I agree. It, it kind of feels like that, you know, when they're doing the press tour for the film, like even, right. uh, I think Insurrection and Nemesis, Marina Sirtis, these are amazing <laughs> films. I love these so much. Years go by. I hated every second of those films. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, well, in fairness, she, they, what they gave Marina Sardis in those films were, let's have a conversation with Gates about boobs and then also, uh, and, and get in the hot tub and shave Riker. And then, uh, in the other one, it was, um, um, oh, you're going to get raped again. <laughs> oh. So she can complain about it all she fucking wants. Um, <laughs> we did not treat her well. Uh, okay. So if you liked our judging, hated our judging, if you're an up the long ladder purist, if you're sitting up top of that long ladder and you're looking down saying, how dare you touch this amazing episode? We want to hear from you. So go on over to our Instagram. I believe it's Star Trek Zhuzh is what I, cause we just made it the other day. Yay. So Star Trek Zhuzh, Z-H-U-Z-H. There are alternate spellings of this. That's the one we settled on because it's the most, um, I think it's the better looking one. Z-H-U-Z-H. Yep. Yes, Z-H. it definitely I think it's, it's also better on the easy eye. to remember. Right. Better on the eye. We also have a Patreon link below. Do you want to watch these episodes with us? Do you want a full video of us discussing this episode with six exception of today where you're now currently looking at my headshot because <laughs> Jack never charges anything? Um, do you want do you want to uh, do you want us to do special episodes where we do the movies? Uh, do, um, do you want uniform optional episodes? Uh, you let us know because if Sean and I, you know, despite our love for Star Trek, what we love more is um, doing all of this for you. We do. We really and my, do. And my, we really do. Uh, so connect with us. Uh, and you can even also help us pick the the episodes. Maybe we'll do some sort of raffle of, of we'll let us, a super fan of ours pick an episode for us to do. Um, but in the meantime, we're picking our own episodes. And because... I have committed a hate crime against Sean by picking this one. I am very frightened as to what he is setting up for us next. Uh, I think it'll be rapidly apparent that I am much nicer than Jack. So, um... <laughs> <laughs> Truer words were never spoken. I mean, like, let's just be honest. We are, however, we're going to take a trip to the Delta Quadrant. 
Um, okay. And no, it's not that episode that you're thinking uh, of. Uh, uh. It's a Harry Kim episode. Jack, we're going to judge up favorite son. Do I re- Okay, so I'm better with Voyager than I am original series because I watched the, watched the whole thing. But there's a lot of episodes of Voyager that I watched. Harry once. Kim thinks he's an alien. Okay. Hmm. I kind of remember this. So, yes, we're going to have a look I, at that one and see how okay. you get on with that. Favorite son. Is this some, like, Kira as Alana Gamor vibes? Um, uh, different enough that I'm going to say no. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like I'm having, like, visions of what the aliens look like. What season of Voyagers is from? Two. Yeah. Yeah, I f- three. Okay. Sorry, season three. Three. So we still got Kess. We do still have Kess. Yes, it's pre seven. Pre seven. Okay. No memories of this. <laughs> Interesting. Um, Harry Kim, the least promoted officer of Starfleet. It's ridiculous. Um, clarinet plan. Um, yeah. A character that could have been exceedingly interesting that they really just I honestly, I wonder if they just didn't like Garrett Wang. Um we will discuss that in our next episode. <laughs> <laughs> Star Trek Jojurations is not endorsed by CBS, Viacom, Paramount Pictures, or any of their subsidiaries. It is intended for entertainment and educational purposes only. Star Trek Jojurations theme song includes elements of the Star Trek The Next Generation main title and is done so under US copyright for fair use for parody. Hi, gay. Do you like sex? Do you like gay? Then you might like my other podcast that I currently co-host with J.J. Bozeman called Dying Alone Together. What do we do on Dying Alone Together? Well, we talk about uh, dating and sex and relationships in New York City. You can hear fun stories like the time J.J. got into a windowless van to jerk off with a Hasidic Jewish person. You can also hear about my time in Fire Island where I woke up in a man's bed covered in my own diarrhea. Or how about J.J.'s handy medical tips, including his homeopathic remedy for anal fissures, which includes syringes and raw eggs. So if you like me on this podcast and you think I'm funny and you want to hear more about my horrific dating and sex life in New York City, join us over wherever you listen to, well, this, at Dying Alone Together. Guests include RuPaul's Drag Race's own Britta Filter and Honey Davenport, legendary drag icon Sherry Vine, and we do actually have non-drag guests, which include HBO Max's The Minx's Oscar Montoya and your very own Sean Farrick, who joined us for a very special episode. So if you like gay and you like sex, you are going to love Dying Alone Together. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.